You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Detroit Lions midweek podcast, where we bring in a special guest to talk all things Detroit Lions. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor-in-chief over at Pride of Detroit. And man, do we have a really good show for you today. I am so excited to continue our draft recap series, recapping every single draft pick. We did chase Lucas last week, and we're getting into one of my favorite picks of the Detroit Lions draft, James Houston, today. But before we get into our special guest, let me bring in my co-host, Ryan Matthews. Uh, the senior editor of Pride of Detroit at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? Uh, it was a beautiful day today, Jeremy. It was overcast, but at least it was above 75 degrees. So, um, and it's going to get even hotter when we start talking about the guy that the Lions drafted. James Houston, James man. Houston. So yeah. exciting. And yeah, and we have got a couple of experts on James Houston. Uh, they are uh, co-hosts of the uh, Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast who's been covering jackson state for the last two years ken clark and nunzio phillips are with us fellas how you doing tonight doing wonderful wonderful thanks for having us we appreciate doing you for pretty, allowing us to come in doing pretty good man thanks for the invite happy to be here uh yeah and we we owe you a thank you already because you you did an awesome five question series for us for for the website but i want to dig even deeper today and so let, let's start at the beginning at least the beginning of his jackson state career because obviously he had the three-year career over in Florida. Tell me about the moment that you realized James Houston was transferring to Jackson State. What was your impressions of him before he even got on campus? I'll yield to Nazio for this first one and now I'll follow up. Okay, well, when he first got to uh, campus, um, he got to um, actually hit the portal. He actually arrived. Um, hasn't even been a full year yet as we speak. Uh, he arrived in the middle of June. Uh, it was middle toward the end of June or I believe the middle of the June. When he got mm-hmm. there. And as we know, we're excited to get him, you know, because another high profile player being that, you know, uh, coming through the portal was uh, at one time a five star athlete uh, out of Fort Lauderdale. And so um, knowing that we already had, um, you know, some good transfers in with Aubrey Miller, as well as a returning player, uh, Keontae Hampton, who was a previous uh, conference player, defensive player of the year. So just added depth, that depth and, you know, knowing he's going to be a good fit. But we had no idea what we were going to get as well as with the change, you know, that proceeded, you know, once he got to practice. Uh, but still, he had great – I mean, the attributes were, attributes were there, so we were ecstatic to have him. I mean, uh, it was an overhaul of what we had, and it was more going to what Coach Prime was mentioning with regards to bringing in new talent, an influx of upgraded talent, per se. I agree with that. Um, when I first saw it, I mean, he I, – I, Zoe and I have been following the recruiting for probably, what, a decade, Zoe, with, uh, with uh, uh, Jackson yes, State. And um, 
when we saw it, we, we, we saw the picture released and immediately we, it's what we do. We go, once we see a player and they commit to Jackson State, we go and do our research. And I remember James because, you know, outside of Jackson State, you know, I'm along with JSU, the I love to the heart. I, I, I'm a Nick Saban fan. I follow Alabama. Don't nobody, nobody, you know, hey, nobody James come Williams. after me for this. We're fans now, James Williams. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, I'm, <laughs> a, little, I'm a golden domer. <laughs> so, okay. so here's the thing. I'm watching James Houston play in the SEC championship game a couple, you know, not even a few months prior to that. And I thought it was pretty cool. He had a really good game. And, and now he's a JSU Tiger. I'm like, wow, okay. And one of the things about Coach Prime we've learned is we just never always expect the unexpected. You never know uh, who's going to be next, who's going to be here, who's going to leave. Who's... So uh, when we saw him, we like, like Zoe said, we initially thought he was going to be adding linebacker depth. Uh, we, we, we pride ourselves on we feel like we have the best linebacker room in all of FCS. And um, when he came in, we thought he was going to be coming in to play the same position that he played at Florida. But Coach Prime had somewhat of a, a different plan for him. I, I'm pretty sure we're speaking to that. But that was my first impression. Uh, pretty good production. Uh, we saw a senior grad transfer. As part of Coach Prime's uh, recruiting model, he, he has a uh, 20% affinity. Actually, I think it's 40% affinity for uh, grad transfers, hmm. something to that effect. But he, he definitely targets that marketing. And, and congratulations to James for getting his degree in Florida. And we welcome him as a Tiger. He's excited to have him. Yeah, so, Zoe, I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit there. You know, he, he was hesitant to make that move to the edge at Jackson State. Um, but eventually, you know, Coach Prime, you know, talked him into to making that that transition in his in his playing career. So, you know, playing a linebacker at Florida, you think you're getting this player to play linebacker. But what about that move spoke to him as a person uh, willing to, to make that change? Well, he was hesitant at first, but like anything else, um, I think you have to check the source, you know, our defensive coaches, outside of Coach Prime, you know, you have Coach Weeks whose reputation precedes himself as a D-line coach, you know, mm -hmm. with the Jets when they had the number one ranked defense uh, in the NFL, as well as Dennis Thurman, who was his defensive coordinator. They coached on the same staff, you know. So you got basically, you know, three well-versed, you know, coaches with the NFL pedigree telling you, son, I think you can make some money if you put your hand in the dirt. And again, I think any player worth his salt, well, you know, you want to play what you want to play. So there's always going to be some hesitancy there. But the reason why they switched him, number one, was because, you know, Keontae Hampton was there and you have Aubrey Miller. They are coming off the field. But also, they saw what he did in pass rushes. And they said, man, this, guy, this kid got it. And so the moment they got him there, he saw that it was working. And so Coach Weeks got to working with him. And he just got better. He had a natural gift for the pass rush, and he just got better with the coaching. And I mentioned to Ken earlier today, we talk every day. I mentioned to him today that it's May. As I speak to you guys right now, it has, he hasn't been a full year since he actually enrolled in Jackson State, and he's got drafted at a brand-new position. Yeah. I, I want to add to that. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll challenge any of you guys, any of you guys' listeners and followers. Um, Coach Prime has a um, – what do we say? A, docu a documentary uh, called Coach Prime. It's actually uh, on bar students. You can go on YouTube. I would tell you, go to go to season two, episode three, and you're going to see the interaction that Coach Prime as well as Coach Tony Weeks actually had with James Houston. So what Zoe talked about hmm. is actually on film, and he was very resistant. And matter of fact, I'll, I'll take it a step further. He, he felt like he was disrespected. He told him, he's like, Coach, I feel like y'all disrespecting, you know, my, my talents as a football player. And, and, and Coach Prime, you know, being, a, you know, as candid as he is and to, to, Coach Weeks is, they were, it was a very passionate, heartfelt, 
emotional conversation. And it was like, you have to trust us. Like we have 60 years of experience at this. You have a gift at this. And they were saying, basically, if you were everything that you think you are at a stand-up middle linebacker, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be, you would have already done what you needed to do, but you have to trust us. You have a gift. We'll move you over here. Like, like, like Zoe mentioned, we had two all-conference linebackers that led the conference in tackles uh, enroll in the same exact position. And he wouldn't have gotten the reps from a just from a depth standpoint. Right. Um, because that, that position was already kind of solidified. But when he came off the edge, it was a it was masterful. And they 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 highlighted his gift. They, he trusted him. And in the end, to your question, it spoke to the kind of character that James Houston has. He's a football player. He, that was the first thing he wanted to know when he was speaking to the Detroit Lions media. I'm a football player. I don't matter. It doesn't matter if it's special teams. He, he said the same thing. He's like, Coach, I'll get on the offense if y'all want me to get on the offense. <laughs> yeah, I'll he's a fullback. Yeah, he said he'd be a he fullback. Said, <laughs> if you go and follow what I'm saying, season two, episode three, he said that to the coaches. I'm willing to do whatever. And that just speaks to the kind of character that he has and the kind of player that he is. He was willing to do in the end. They shook hands. He's like, all right, let's go get it. And the rest is history. <laughs> That's interesting. And, and, and Jerry – Jeremy, that, that even speaks to our conversation that we had with Hode about Chase Lucas, right? Like, I mean, there's yeah. that transition in the coaching staff and it's a guy like Herm Edwards. It's like, yeah, okay. Yes. I, I'm going to, I'm yeah. going to trust the guy who's been there, done that, walk the walk, right. you know, and, and again, football player, right? Like the lions yep. got football yes. players. That's, that's exactly what they're mm-hmm. looking for. That's the exact words that they're always saying they're looking for. And so it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, some of the defensive coaches come from a former jet staff, Obviously, you got Deion Sanders. Uh, even in high school, he, he was coached by Patrick Sertan Sr. Uh, so, correct. yeah, I'm just kind of curious, like, how that confluence of, of great influencers maybe showed up on the field, having all of these mentors that have played the game at the NFL level, or at least coached at the NFL level, um, transform his game in, in, in a single year. Not, and like you said, not even a full calendar year, just like, what, f- six months? Yeah, the... Uh... The change is actually a, uh, it's apparent. I mean, even watching uh, when he first get there, you know, being, you know, watching them uh, from practice film, as well as, you know, you actually, and I challenge any Detroit Lions fan, if you get a chance, go check out some Jackson State games on the, um, if, or if you make some defensive cutups, just watch the growth from game one to the last game of the year. Um, he has some great rushes. Um, in the first game against FAMU. Actually, one, he sealed the game with a half a sack with a freshman uh, to win that game. But then from then on, he was unblockable. It was like yeah. from that, he ended up going to the next game and got four sacks against Tennessee State the very next week. Um, you transferred that to the third game where he actually, um, he it's a questionable, we got kicked out of the game off of targeting that was very questionable on the goal line, getting a safety. All right. To where he actually became he, he was unblockable toward the last three games of the year. Yes, he was double teamed the entire game. And we're talking about a guy in the first year at a brand new position. Yeah, I think when you when you when you're talking about James Houston, the story of James Houston, uh, one of the things that stuck out to me when I was following their media team uh, that covered his house, that covered the draft day. James Houston, the second, his grandfather, the pride of the family, like to carry the family name. Uh, to come from an area where he had full support, mother and father, play for a, a reputable uh, coach in high school, get a chance to go play for uh, Coach Dan Mullen, uh, who had a really good run at Mississippi State and over to uh, Florida, which I know they, they replaced their coach, but 
to get to Florida, just to get to Florida is, is, is a feat within itself. You have to be doing some special stuff, you know, on the high school level to get an opportunity to go play uh, for the Florida Gators. Um, and then to transition over here, like you said, Coach Prime talked about his staff having some 80-something years of, uh, of NFL professional and football experience. And, uh, and we, I think we all can agree that, you know, Coach Prime, um, one of the greatest at his position, if not the greatest, arguably, uh, Dennis Thurman. Um, we had we've had some cameos by Coach uh, Rex Ryan, who was actually the head coach. He was on campus. Uh, Mickey, uh, Coach um, Mickey Coach Andrews. Prime's Mickey Andrews, Coach Prime's uh, defensive coordinator, was on staff. Was on on the campus talking to the players. So, and I, and one thing Zoe and I talked about is that I don't feel like the moment is going to be too big because what Coach Prime has created is kind of a media. Some people call it media circus, but more of a media frenzy where there are a lot of cameras, there's a lot of eyes that are on you at all times, which, which requires you to have to, you know, perform at a high level under a very small microscope. And I think that James, for him to thrive, as Nazio mentioned, um, in the circumstances that he was dealt, it just, it just speaks to his preparation, his influence, and those that have had their hands on him. And I think he's NFL ready, um, probably one of the most NFL ready players that, uh, we've had to come out of our university in quite some time. He's actually number 100 for Jackson State, by the way. He was the number 100 draft, uh, draft pick for Jackson State in the history of the program. Wow. So that's, uh, he's a special talent, special player, and uh, couldn't be more happy for James to be uh, that, that particular one. And the Lions are getting a good one. So, so Ken, as you mentioned, you know, that, that um, documentary, Coach Prime, you know, uh, was it season two, episode three. I, I want to keep on just reiterating it so nobody nobody Forget. misses a chance to go back and, and check that out. But you know, you talked about how passionate that talk was about him making the change to Edge. I, I want to know, like, were you surprised based on that interaction he had, how resistant he was to how well he acclimated and how well he performed? I mean, he, I mean, just the numbers that he put up in the FCS were, you know, astonishing. Yeah, I actually. For us, it's a little different um, because we didn't we didn't really know James Houston prior to because we we're kind of in our own world. I mean, you may have known sure. of him, but I'm just be honest. We don't I don't follow Florida like that. It's for me with recruiting, and Zola attested this. When you have um, it, Coach, we, we we laugh. We say Coach Prime fired all of us because we used to do a lot of like recruiting and in in, the, in the regards of like keeping up. When Coach Prime came, we was like, oh, we just got to find something else to do, man. He, he's, he got this recruiting thing knocked out. Yeah, so, he's got that handled. <laughs> so so when the interest is so high, you don't really want to lose um, a lot of time getting lost into uh, wasting time on players that's probably not going to be here. So what we've done is we've taken a when they commit, then we'll go do our research type approach. So when James comes in, it's like, OK, we got to go check this out. So we, we're automatically watching film and we're like, man, this is going to be solid again. We don't know because the day that we saw James Houston in a Jackson State Tigers uniform, James Houston was an edge rusher. <laughs> so we never saw him play the stand-up linebacker. It wasn't we, – we were like, wow. So they moved him. And here's the beauty of the document. I hate to keep plugging it, but it was such – it was so good for me because we were, we're considered insiders. And so I'll tell you, yeah, we might know a lot of stuff, but a lot of stuff we don't get the why or the how, the when – so mm -hmm. what that visual gave us was the why and the when and the wow. This is interesting. And obviously it was good enough for the producers to put it on the show. And we were like, ah, okay, that's what, that's what happened. So for him to go out there, like Zoe mentioned, and I'm going to be honest with you about one, one other thing. 
if you look at his stats, and I will we'll dive into that a little deeper, but I feel like his stats were not as accurate. And I'm, it still bothers me because I've lobbied, I've been on record a hundred times <laughs> yeah. saying that James Houston should have been the swag defensive player of the year. I stand by that. I feel like some of his sacks were not accounted for. I don't know who, whatever. Uh, I'm mean, just leave that alone because I might get in trouble. But I just, yeah. I just, I mean that because when you go to that game, I think the stats are a little off. You watch the tape, the tape will tell you one thing, and then the stats will say a whole different ball game. But he did make the game winning sack, and we were like, oh wow, James Houston, man, he's a problem, and that's where his name came. From. The Houston, problem, yeah. have a problem. That's right. It was a And then, like he said, uh, one last thing. The next game, because Florida and them, we, we haven't played them. We, we beat them the past few times we played them. But we, Zoe, it's been several games since we beat Tennessee State. Now you got Coach Eddie George is coaching them. And we're going to Memphis. And he had a breakout monster game. Literally took over that game on defense. And we was like, Four wow, sacks and should have had six. He's <laughs> unbelievably special. Well, before we head to our break, I want to move a little bit back to, to James Houston, the person, because – Football character is, is so important to the Lions and, and what they're trying to build here. And and you told us about the moment in which, you know, Dion had to tell him that, that they were going to move him to edge. Is there any other moment either on the field, off the field, with the media, with the coach that you saw that, that kind of exemplifies who he is as a person? Uh, actually, I think there were several. Uh, I can actually go back, you know, to the Florida A&M game. Um, there's a video of him you know, with a bloody nose. Uh, like I yeah, told you, he made yeah. the last sack of the game. He has a bloody nose and he's on the field. And he was like, man, I've never experienced anything like this. You know, he, he, he's a player that, um, he's one of the few that lives in the moment um, and cherishes the moments. He's had several of those and they're documented. There's video of him on like, I know at least four games and he's actually caught into the moment after making a big play, not like celebrating or anything like that. This is like at the end of the game soaking in the atmosphere, you know, saying, man, you know, this, this is amazing. You know, I'm here at the FCS school. I'm here at the HBCU. You know, it's, it's nothing like what I experienced and I'm, I'm, you know, having great success, you know, in a new position and, you know, everything is going well. It's like, I trusted, you know, my gut. I trust, I follow my heart on this decision because um, this wasn't a well-planned out thing to come to Jackson State. You know, he took his visit and he just, you know, he said it felt right. Mind you, he had a friend on the team as well with uh, John Huggins, you know, and he convinced him to come. And he said he felt at home and prayed about it. And he's mentioned that, like I said, several opportunities after the game. So uh, his football integrity is good. His integrity, he, he has a good uh, head on the shoulder. So, um, like I said, uh, not having my blue and white glasses on, the Lions really, like I told you, man, they got great great value for where they started and where they got James Houston at. I want to add one thing. James Houston has a great family. Uh, I want to commend his yes, family yes. and uh, a great support system. I've had the pleasure to talk to James on multiple occasions. I've, I've gotten multiple pictures with him. Like I mentioned, I had a chance to cover him at the NFL PA uh, game and uh, very, very personable. Matter of fact, I've even talked to him uh, prior to uh, this and I was like, hey, man, I don't know what number you're going to wear. You know, you got to make that roster. But whatever whatever jersey he gets, he's going to send me a jersey. I want him signed. I'm going to put it in the man cave, man. So yeah. so just James Houston, the person, very personable. When they when they won that game against FAMU, he wasn't off to the locker. You got, you got shoulder pads off, soaking it up in the crowd, shaking hands, taking pictures. Very, very approachable. 
uh, very in the moment um, and just a, a fan favorite. He was very, very, very personable. Even after we won the SWAT championship, just never, never too big for the moment, you know, um, never felt like he was, you know, greater than or whatever the case may be. He just was, you know, you could tell he was taking it in. And I know why, because his family, he has a family of HBCU graduates and, you know, for him to go to Florida and to get his degree from Florida and to have this opportunity for this experience, it was a, it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for him. And I, I couldn't be more happy for him because when you know his story, you, you, you know that this is what, this is what it's all about. This is what all the uh, hard work and, and, and it's just, it's unbelievable to, uh, to be here discussing that. So yeah. truly happy for him. Great person, great character. You, you guys talk about like soaking in the moment and everything. It, it really comes off as sounding like he's very appreciative of the opportunity he had to, like, like you yeah. said, Ken, you know, carry on a, a family tradition and a family legacy and to, to have those roots. I, I think that that's, um, as you mentioned, so like a good head on his shoulders and, Hopefully the Lions did get, you know, a good football player, which we're going to get into in the second segment, right, Jeremy? Yes. Yeah, we'll take a break here. When we come back, we're going to talk all about the football player, all about the, the player that the Lions are getting on the field, maybe what his potential is in year one and maybe beyond. Uh, but we'll be right back uh, with here, uh, First Bite, with our, our friends over at Tiger Talk with 1400 Club. We'll be right back. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to First Bite. We are here with Ken Clark and Nunzio Phillips from Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club talking all about James Houston, the Lions sixth round pick. We talked about the person. Let's get into the player. I'm, I, I'm just going to start out with a very basic question. How was he so good as a pass rusher? You, you mentioned he probably should have had even more sacks to his name. I think it was, what, 14 in, in one season? How did he do it? 16, 16 and a half. half. I'm, yeah. I'm way off. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so he should have so, had upwards I mean, of 20, I guess. I, th I think the biggest thing is uh, James Houston's frame. He has a very, uh, in my, from what I can see, you know, 6'1", height, uh, 240, 245, you know, but he has a quick first step, the ability to shed tackles, get off the edge. Uh, he has that really good bend. Um, a lot of times when you look at the NFL and the way the game is played, you think about edge rushers, you think, you know, Chase Young, you want, you want the average typical side, Aiden Hutchinson. I know you guys just drafted him with the number two pick. 
However, yeah, that's Hall, that's Hall of Famers. Uh, that and the like of the Robert Mathis, uh, alum of Alabama A&M, also from the SWAC, six foot tall. He was a he was a terrorist on the defensive line. No one could block him. So when you think about defensive edge rushers, you think about James Houston in the light of a, of a, of a Robert Mathis. Not saying he would be Mathis. We're just saying, you know, for those that like to say he's undersized, right? But what we what we got a chance to witness is just say he was just a force, and that's where he got the nickname from. The problem, like Houston, we have a problem. His ability to just come off the edge and just um, he has a high motor, nonstop. His uh, he has the ability to kind of find a man, see ball, find man, and I'll tell you this. James Houston, it's not just about edge rushing. It's, he has a documented gift of forcing fumbles. I mean, it, it's if you're going through his, his, his actual college career, even at Florida, you know, he had um, every season he had multiple forced fumbles. And at Jackson State, he had seven. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, so I just want to mention his stats, 70 tackles, you know, 24 and a half tackles for loss, 16 and a half sack, sacks, um, 10 quarterback hurries. One game-changing interception against the in the SWAC championship game. He scored two touchdowns. He had a forced fumble that he caused against Alabama AM, Akil Glass, Akil Glass, best quarterback in the conference at the rookie minicamp for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he sacks him. By the way, he did not get a credit for a sack, and I'm still mad about that. You can tell <laughs> sure I'm a numbers did. guy. Sure they, did. they they considered it a forced fumble, but he knocked him down. He actually knocked him down like that's a sack. That's both. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so so he so he stripped it was a strip sack. He picks it up, he takes it to the house. Touchdown. Swag championship game. Uh we come out. We needed we needed a score. It was 10-7, I think. It broke it open. That was the game-changing play. And it wasn't just a bunch of empty stats, you know, two force, uh, two fumble recoveries. The point that I'm making is, is that he made game-changing plays. And he it wasn't just a bunch of stats. When you watch the film, he made game-changing, defense-altering. Jackson State had the number one defense in all of FCS football last season. And James Houston was the number one reason, along with the other 10 guys. I don't want to get in trouble, but <laughs> he was the he was the, he was a problem for the for the SWAC conference. So that's my little tidbit for now. I'll let Joe jump in on that. Well, the, the main thing that stands out to him is that he has a great toolbox. He has a lot that he can add. I can't say he has the first. He has an amazing get off, um, but also he has a great dip move, as well as a great. I call it a crossover. Oh, that's what he kills, man. He has a great <laughs> like crossover move uh, that he utilizes with his get off. It's it's amazing, and and there were times when you could see certain linemen because they got beat a certain way, that they would have fear, you know, knowing that they got beat earlier. To you know what movie he's gonna have next, but the one thing I would like to see him utilize that he doesn't have yet. I know he's a he's a tweener, but I would love to see him because he's strong. I would love to see him have like a a club move like uh, Reggie White used to have, mm -hmm. just something else to add to the toolbox. But man, he has a great toolbox, and that's the thing going into the league that you really want to have with pass rushers. You don't want just a bull rusher guy to just have one move. The fact that he has a great toolbox going into 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 camp. You know, and uh, and again, he's not a finished product. Let me add that. As good mm -hmm. as he is, you know, there's room for growth. And so if mm -hmm. he can add more things to his toolbox, then, you know, that's an even better player that allows to get. I, I can tell you're, you're a Bears fan if you're bringing up Reggie White's club move. You, you've, you've been traumatized by that too, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> uh, so, 
so Zoe, you know, you talked a little bit about like what he has in his toolbox, right? You talked a little bit about the pass rush moves he has, the pass rush moves you wish that he has. Um, and, and Dane Brugler mentioned in his draft guide, you know, uh, the one thing that he can work on is maturing his rush plan. Like he has the length and he's got 80, an 82 inch wingspan, but he's got these yeah. heavy hands and yes. an explosive pursuit of the quarterback. And, you know, Brugler said, you know, those are traits worth betting on. Like, how can you see him developing those traits and where do you think his ceiling might be as a pass rusher at the next level? I, I've, I've been thinking about that because to me, it's hard to find his comp. I know to me, it's low hanging fruit to say Micah Parsons, you know, that's low hanging fruit. I mean, because that's just like, mm-hmm. that's what uh, Dion said, right? Uh, it, it, yeah. it is. But to me, I, I, I was trying to find someone older and I, I get that because of the versatility because he played linebacker and he can right. actually rush. So I, I get that. But I'm just thinking with his skill set to answer the question, you know, of where he can actually go. Because Michael Parsons himself is not a finished product. You know, he hasn't even got to his prime yet. So I was thinking, you know, I was thinking at one point like London Fletcher, but that's a linebacker. I'm just thinking of rush ends. But I say Elmas Dumerville. Hmm. That's the closest thing I could come to because undersized, great edge rusher. Yeah. Bit of a tweener Um, though, right? Bit of a tweener. Great edge rusher. And had a great career in the NFL. Um, had put oh, up yeah. great numbers with the Broncos, so that that was the closest thing I could find was an Elmas Dumerville. But like I said, I didn't want to just go with with thing where we know he's not going to grow anymore. Um, but with regards to you know he can always get stronger, he could get leaner, or he may even pick up on some size. But his 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 toolbox, he can actually add some more tools to it. And I think when in doing so, he'll be complete. It's kind of fascinating to me that that you guys. Let's say he's already got this full toolbox. He's only been playing the position for, for five, six months. He's already got all these past rush moves. Um, and so developed as, as a guy already. Um, and maybe, maybe that, that speaks to the coaching staff that, he, that he's been around his entire career. I think, I think the coaches saw it in him. Yeah. Um, so what they would do is they, they, would, they would move him around. And he, he like he said, he, he likened his ability to play in the middle is poetry. That's what he called it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> But – Every time he would come off the edge, it wasn't that the, the, the lineman that he was going up against for the most part was just wasn't good enough. It was just for the most part, he just it was his ability to maneuver in. the And, and like I said, I think it's his first step. Um, again, when you when you get to the, um, the NFL PA game, it still flashed out. You know, you, had, you, you got every everyone that's there is uh, was the best on their team, you know, and, and looking to get to that next level. So um for me, I think Robert, Man- here's the thing that I think that works in his favor. It's not, you know, it's, I use a basketball analogy. Every time you, you know, basketball used to be all about height for one point in time. You know, um, everyone wants these big offensive linemen. Usually you see a left tackle or right tackle. They're probably going to be anywhere from the range of 6'5 to 6'8. Uh, I would say on an average. The thing that hurts to height is shorter guys have the ability to get lower. Yeah, it's, it's a lower center of gravity. Their, their power and their force. Uh, he's he's uh, James is more bottom heavy. When you look at his frame, he has yeah. very long arms. He's physically gifted, but I would say from the waist down, has a lot of power. His ability to get off, and he is long and rangy, and he's able to move. So it just kind of works in his favor. His body's built for that, and uh, I think his ability. I've seen him go under a lot of tackles and, and make that swim move. Come on up and and move around and and. When the pocket closes off, he's right there for it. So um, I think that work, I think that bodes well for him. I, I'm going to stick along the lines of, of, uh, of Robert Mathis because I've seen him do it so often. 
you know, uh, come off the edge and he was six feet tall. And like I said, he was physically strong and he, he gave tackles a, a fits in the, in the NFL. But uh, for James, I think the first things first, like he mentioned, was to get on the field, make the special teams, go make an impact, just be a football player. And when you get that chance, you know, to show what you can do, go, go, go make it pop, man. Go, go, go make that splash just like he did for us in, in the JSU Tiger uniform. Yeah, and Houston has, has said already uh, with Lions Media that that he wants to be a force-phase special teamer. So, again, he kind of has that right football attitude that he wants to, to get in and, and work his way up. Um, so, so we mentioned the, the one downfall to, to his at least athletic profile is, is the size. Um, maybe the, the one downfall to his game so far is maybe he's not as developed as a, as a run defender. Is that, is that a fair criticism of, of him, do you think? And, and is it something that, that he can approve upon? Because maybe, maybe that's also where the size plays in a little bit. I think he's, I think he's adequate in the run game. Okay. Um, he, he actually put up some good numbers uh, in the run game. I think his, personally, I really think his only weakness, yes, it is his size. I think the only thing with his size, though, is depending on, a certain type of guard when he gets in and when they get their hands on them, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And also depending on the play call itself, I think that's the only issue that he could possibly run to. Uh, but again, how many plays are he, is he really going to have in a, in a fraction of a game where he's actually going inside, you know, with the guards, the, the, those percentages are going to be low. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But his success rate, because he'll be utilized for the most part, will be outside, when, you know, once he's actually on the defense. Um, but again, he can stun inside. It just depends on, on the guard play, what they're running. If they get certain guards to get their hands on them, you know, then his size will work against him just because of the nature of the way that he plays, you know. But outside of that, you know, if he's coming inside with the run, he, he's, he's been adequate. He's put up decent numbers, you know, on run tackles uh, this year for Jack State. I think the thing that helps him, he's a great tackler. Uh, once he gets his hands on you, um, he, he there's not a lot of a lot of I would say offensive players uh, broke tackles that he once he grabbed you the play was pretty much over with. So that has helped him in the run game quite a bit. Uh, when you go there's a, there's a cut up of some of his highlights if you followed his career in Jackson State. Uh, it wasn't just um, you know just wasn't just sacks, but a lot of those tackle for losses were tackles in the backfield on running backs. The ability to get off the edge and and get in the backfield be disruptive. Um, and make plays. So I think it's a fair criticism. I think at this point, I mean, at this point, you're looking for reasons to, to not <laughs> to be critical. <laughs> right. And I, I think there's a, I think everything has to be reassessed. What he did at Jackson State is great, you know, but now he's got to go and prove it on the next level. And he's got to go and show that he's, he belongs, which I think he does. I think we all think he belongs. And uh, at this point, I, th- I know he's working on his craft. And I think, um, you know, I think, I think he'll do okay because every in, in each level when he's gotten an opportunity, he's been able to rise up to the occasion. He has everything he needs to be successful. Uh, I don't think the sides is going to be that much of a hindrance because, in all honesty, I mean, he's coming off the edge. Everyone that he was pretty much going up against was taller than him and bigger than him, and he dominated. So I don't think that's going to um, hurt him too much because he's a physically gifted, physically strong. Uh, he, and, and I think here's one thing I do want to mention. Him playing special teams throughout college, him playing middle linebacker, and him playing edge provides versatility. Anytime you're dealing with a tool, if a tool has the ability to do multiple things, that's a greater tool than just one thing. Yeah. I can't cut a steak with a spoon, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? But, you know, to my point is, is that a spoon is only used for what it's for. Right. You know, but a butter knife, I could 
I could screw it. I, I, I could take a, a, a lug nut and screw it in. I could, I could pop a lock in the door. I mean, it's, it's, you know, Swiss army knife in my opinion. You right. Know? So, um, the criticisms are fair because of the size, but you know, I think his heart is the size of Texas, man. Or should I say Florida? You know what I mean? So I think that might be a better, a better, uh, uh, he has a, the heart of a lion and, uh, you know, the, the fire of a tiger, man. So you got a tiger lion, man. That's hey, coming up there. Perfect for Detroit. We got tigers and lions. Up here. Liger. <laughs> a liger. <laughs> that's, yes, that's, that's, that's one hell of a versatile animal. My goodness. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, well, Jeremy, I, I think the, the last thing that kind of wraps up, um, you know, my because uh, Zoe, Ken, like, I mean, just so much knowledge and we really appreciate you guys, you know, coming on the show and everything. And I feel like I've learned so much more about James Houston and I have so much more to learn because of season two, episode three of Coach Prime that you need to watch. <laughs> you got to watch um, all of them. Watch all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, run the numbers up, right? Um, but, but you know, I, I, I think I mentioned this on, uh, on the podcast earlier this week, Jeremy. But uh, a guy that you guys might be familiar with, you know, uh, a, a former former Florida linebacker that is back in Detroit now, Jared Davis, very similar size profile, yep. six foot one, 245 yep. pounds. And where Jared Davis has been most successful in the NFL has been as a pass rusher. And right. I, I, I'm, I'm getting the sense of like this guy who has this strong, sturdy frame that he can really use his size to his benefit as a pass rusher. You know, I think Zoe, Zoe was the one who mentioned about, you know, his dip move, right? Like I I'm, I'm excited to see him, you know, is it too early guys to say like, Hey, by year one, maybe he could be a sub package guy. Maybe he comes in on third down to, to rush the passer and, and get after the guy. Well, that's a good point. Too much. I don't think that's too much to ask at all. Honestly, Go ahead, Zoe. I was a, that's actually a good point because we also have to mention, man, this is, this is a new NFL. You know, things right. are different. You size, know, the, the speed. Play, size and speed is different. You know, player profiles are different. Yeah. You know, and, and um, you can never have too many pass rushers in the NFL. That's true. Yeah, but see, and to add to Ken's point earlier, you know, the the name of the game used to be, you know, it was all about size. You know, the profile was all about size. That NFL is doesn't exist anymore. You know, it's all about speed. You know, you have undersized linemen. You know, across across the fray. I mean, matter of fact. Who's the most dominant NFL player on the defensive player right now? It's Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. He's he's he's, he's severely undersized, right? And he's dominating dominating the league. You know, so it's across the board. Um, the thing is, you know, it, it comes down to fit. You know, it's, it's 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 like a car. You know, you have all these different parts, and everything has to run. You know, it has to work the way it needs to work for everything to run smoothly. And so like you, you know, you, you talk about a James Houston, but then, you know, you, you, you after, you know, your Aiden Hutchinson as well, you know, you know, and then you have going to have something of the same sort at linebacker and that safety as well. And again, it's not just the player pieces. It come down, it's come down sometimes to what's being called as well. Sure. You know, each, each play is magnified. You know, that's what we mentioned about his weakness when, it, when I'm going inside. That's why I use the example, like, you know, Hey, that's a weakness for him, but how many times him being outside of his position, is he really going to go inside to deal with guards? You know, and also I'm almost certain that your DC is actually going to put not only him, because typically you're going to put your, you're always for the most part going to put your, your front end and your back end and your defense in the best position to win. You know, because now that's what the game's won. is one of the pass rushing on the back end. Yep. You know, used to be everybody focused on linebackers. And now, you know, what well, depends on your defense, you know, because some of your linebackers are rushing as edge rushers now. But it comes down to what we do on the front end, what we do on the back end. And I'm telling you, if James Houston gets the real opportunity to put his hand in the dirt, 
the man is going to be a problem. <laughs> I think I think you guys have a really good cornerback, uh, Kuda. Um, I know he's um, I think he's coming off an injury. Hopefully, yeah. you know, and uh, he's. Uh, but here's why I, I mentioned that because we had a lot of good DBs. DBs help your pass rush because right. the ability to uh, to cover. And the best thing that happened to James, and you talked about those packages, possibly the third down answers, is Aiden Hutchinson, I believe. I think Aiden Hutchinson is ready to go day one. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the best pass rusher that you guys got that you guys drafted. And I don't think it's no mistake for football focus to, to, to rank the, the top um, edge rushers in all of um, college football. You guys drafted both of them. And James Houston being number one, that's not a, that's not a typo. I'm telling you, man, this kid is a book. And even if he – I don't care if he's a full-time special teams player in the third down, you put him in a 3-4, bring him off the edge where you got a really good nose and, and a couple of, you know, you know, hard nose D-tackles, and you – it's going to be hard to deal with eight because you got to – you got to deal with Aiden Hutchinson coming off right. the edge. So we think if, you, if the trajectory is there, which I think it is. I mean, I mean, he comes from a really good program up there with Coach Harbaugh in Michigan. And I watched him all season because we had a fellow JSU Tiger that transferred. Dalen Baldwin. Dalen Baldwin, mm. a wide receiver, was playing for Michigan. So we watched a lot of Michigan games. I think because there's a there's a teammate of James, you know, uh, uh, Antoine Owens came to us from Georgia Tech. What he did on the defensive line really helped James because when you have a good rush defense, you know, the ability to be like a San Francisco. I, I don't, I'm not a San Francisco 49ers fan. I told them I'm a Raiders fan. But one of the things that they were able to do, San Francisco was able to get to the quarterback with a front four. Yeah. They only rush four. Yep. So if you can get to the quarterback without having to use other bodies and other pieces, that's going to bode well for you, for your back seven to, um, to be in better position to stop offenses. Because it's all about a spread attack nowadays and the ability yep. to pass the ball. So you give James time. You got three, three, possibly four seconds to get that ball out of your hand. Otherwise, you might be in for rude awakening. So I think he's definitely capable year one. I don't think that's too much to ask for, but the first thing that us at JSU Tigers, we want him to make the roster first and foremost. We want him to make the 53-man roster, whether that be special teams or not. I think if he makes the roster, that buys him time to splash and pop off and and, and, and show that kind of, uh, even if it's practice squad, whatever, he'll have the opportunities to, to show the coaches that if you put me on the field and give me a chance, I'll be able to get in there and make some plays for you. That's really all you can ask for out of first year. Knock on wood. Um, if, if he would have been here a year earlier, he would have had a ton of opportunities. <laughs> sure. I, I, dealt with injuries yeah, yeah. all year long. <laughs> oh, my so, goodness. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully, he, hopefully he gets there, you know, through I've, this incredible play. <laughs> I've, got, I've got him in in my 53-man projection already. I, I, th- I think there's a spot for him for sure, especially because you mentioned, like, he's, he's a versatile piece that you can use in so many different places. Um, that, does, that does wonders for you when, they, when they're trying to cut down a roster. Uh, last question for both of you guys. I like to finish on this thing. Um, can you just give me a play from James Houston's career that maybe, maybe it's your favorite play. Maybe it was his most important play. Maybe it was just a play where he showed one thing that, that you think will define his NFL career. What is one play you think about when you think James Houston, you think about this play. You first though. <laughs> I'm going to actually go to the first game of the season. I knew it. I knew he was going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the first game of the season because it's, it says so much at the first game of the season. Mind you, it was a linebacker. We're like, man, we got a lot of surprises because we got a true freshman starting at safety, you know, first day. Then, you know, we got James Houston, a linebacker. We're like, oh, this is our defense division. Okay. So we're sitting there watching, and he's wrecking havoc. But then it was a 7-6 game, 
right? And oh, yeah. and they were and, and they were almost on the last play of the game, almost pretty much like in field goal, um, field goal areas, you know, to win. That was fourth down, bro. And it was I know I was gonna say, and it was fourth. Oh, oh yeah, it, it, you know what I'm saying, but it, it was it was fourth down, you know. And we, I mean, he came in, man, and oh, you got to see it. It was the <laughs> it was so beautiful. Oh, my. he actually almost, you know, how linemen back up. The guy almost stumbled because James crossed him over. Mm. Oh my god! You, you see the slow motion is poetry, yeah. and it was the first game. And then, like I said, to go from that to the very next game, get four sacks. It was then you knew, man, who is this dude again? You know, and he arrived. He 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 made a statement that game because he had two sacks that game. He made a statement that game, and it was just like, watch out. But yeah, I'm definitely going to go with the first game. For me, it's going to be a little different since Zoe took my first thought, but I'll switch it up a little bit. Um, the game that comes to mind, I mentioned this, um, Alabama A&M. And I think Zoe, I, I made a mention of it. And it's, it's a reason why, because that game was personal. <laughs> it was personal because there's a lot of history. Head coaches talking smack. Well, the head coach, their, whole, their head coach talks smack, and we left them a little surprised after the game. Uh, we pink left him a little scooter. scooter. Yeah, a little pink scooter because Coach Prime had it. He was on a scooter. The coach puts out some, hey, coach, send me one of those scooters. And so um, they beat us in the spring. And it was a lot of smack talking. They had Keel Glass, like I said, it's at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. And um, we wound up beating them 61 to 15. It was personal. And I'm talking about an absolute throttling. But that game, James Houston was just, he, he wreaked havoc, man. He come off the edge. And I thought the play of the game was the game where he he strip sacked the quarterback, comes off the edge, he beats the uh, tackle, he sacks him, and not only did he knock him down, he was able to go and get the ball all in one stride, picks the ball. 65 yards. That's a 65-yard touchdown. <laughs> and he just separates. And you can tell at that point, it's like this is a man amongst boys, you know, not, not, not you know, figuratively. And uh, that play right there was when we knew we had something special, along with all the other plays that Zoe mentioned. There's a play at Tennessee State, um, but there's a play against Mississippi Valley where the quarterback, there's a, there's a rushing quarterback that comes off. He sees James, tries to redirect. James stops, plants, change direction, and he cuts the field off and basically slams the dude down. It should have been a safety, but it wasn't. And that's all in his highlights. You got to go watch his highlights, all of you. Your podcast uh, listeners and followers go to Cut Day Sports on YouTube. Shout out to Cut Day. Uh, he did a really good cut up of James Houston's top plays. It's like a three minute long video for all of us who have a short attention span. Go check it out, man. You'll see a whole lot of a lot of plays for James. I was gonna say you, you might need three and a half minutes, so 24 and a half <laughs> tackles for loss, like you said, and 16 and a half right. stacks. <laughs> that was amazing. And uh one last thing I wanted to do, because I, you know, we we our podcast is Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. I always want to shout out yeah. our 14. Four, the 1400 Club is an affinity group with a university. It's a bunch of us young uh, alums. 1400 is the address of Jackson State, 1400 J.R. Lynch. And uh, the podcast is just one division of what we do for the university. So shout out to the founders of the 1400 Club, Sid, Thad, Greg, uh, Brian, and the whole crew, Corey. Just wanted to make sure we shouted them out um, because they – they afford us the opportunity to do what we love on this platform. So we're so thankful that you guys brought us on. To, you know, we could do this all. Matter of fact, we do do this all day. This is Every this day. is normal conversation. Hell, we, we, we might bring you guys back, man. This was, this was such a good conversation. Anytime, man. Uh, and and we we not, not May. It, it, we should bring hey, them back. Yeah. When, when, when James Houston makes the 53-man roster. Yep. 
There you go. Let's there go. There it is. Let's go. <laughs> I, I was thinking when he gets his gold jacket, but maybe I'm I'm taking things to. <laughs> he can. He can. We got one gold jacket in Detroit. It's okay. You know, there you go. Barney, number twenty. That's right. There you go. Well, make sure you follow these guys at Tiger Talk fourteen hundred at Tiger Talk one four zero zero. Ken Zo couldn't appreciate your time anymore. I'm I'm sweating now. I, I'm so excited for training <laughs> camp. I'm so excited to see James Houston and, and the rest of the Lions class. But thank you all for listening. Thank you two for joining us. We'll we'll be next. We'll be back next week with our next Lions draft pick. But until then, thank you for joining us. It's chaos. Be kind. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. 're to do's less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of sometimes doing business has never felt harder but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals you can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier imagine this high quality leads fast closing deals wildly happy customers and more benchmark breaking quarters it's not a miracle it's HubSpot visit hubspot.com to get started today